Romans, the 12th chapter this morning. I'm glad you're here this morning. Praise God. I'd be just sad if you weren't here. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's, it's, it's tough knowing that somebody's missing from the family. Amen. So we're thankful for you and thankful for your dedication to just say, you know what? I need to be in church. I need to, to be preached to. I need to praise God, encourage my brothers and sisters. Amen. Hallelujah. So we are uh, going to turn to Romans 12th chapter. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for God, all you're doing, all that, Lord, we feel in this service this morning, the healing, the victory, Lord, the prayers that we know you're answering. God, I ask you, please, to just anoint Lord, me, that I could do your will today, God, that I would be just in your spirit, God, that I would stay out of your way, God, and that you would work in a great way. And God, that you'd give us all ears to hear. You give us all a heart, Lord God, to just receive it and, and a desire to go out and be doers of your word. We thank you for it, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Romans twelve three says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you. I thank God for my brothers. But I, I do think this is just every bit of mankind here right now. So thank God for sisters too. You pay attention. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Somebody say pride. pride. Uh-uh. No pride in me, God. Help me. Help me, God. But to think soberly. According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Praise God. You are important to me, and we are important to one another. As a body, that's what God has placed us together with to be. Having then gifts differing, According to the grace that is given unto us, whether prophecy, let us prophecy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth, or teacheth on teaching. He that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. On he that, he that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. Without hypocrisy, without favoritism, you might say even. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. That's simple. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business. There's a lot in the Bible about being lazy. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. God bless you. You can be seen. There's a lot there. Amen. What a great portion of Scripture. Let me say this as we begin the teaching this morning that a lot of the focus of the church, and I'm not saying this is wrong in any way, but we look at our generation. We look through eyes of, uh, of, uh, of, of worldview, if you will, that is scriptural, that is Christian. Amen. We use the word of God that God has given to us to look and, and, and see the, the world around us, our culture, our community, and, and we See the directions of things and how they are going. And can I tell you, 
again today that uh, as active as I am and interested as I am in legislation and, and laws that are being passed and repealed and how much I pray about that and how much I'll back up maybe through my own vote, praise God, people that will uh, further something that I believe is better, praise God, according to the scriptures. Amen. I believe that the real focus needs to be, hey, where's our prayers? Where's our light? Amen. As much as I'm praying for these uh, things to happen and the importance of it, I believe real change is going to happen, not through the pen of legislation, but through an altar of repentance. Amen. And when the church can truly go out and be salt and be light and make a difference in their community, God's going to change hearts, which will change communities that can change the nation. Amen. The problem that we can see, praise God, is sin. The problem is that people have been separated from their creator. They're walking. The Bible talks about the book of Judges. Every man doing that which is right in his own eyes. And it, it just yields catastrophe. When you just go on your life and do your thing the best you can, can I tell you, there's going to be trouble that will follow. But when you can say, God, you guide my path. You lead my life. That's going to happen through the gospel. That's going to happen through a cross. That's going to happen through the power of the Holy Ghost coming into you and leading your life in a way that is righteous. This world needs Jesus. Our community needs Jesus. This nation needs Jesus. Amen. I'm not talking about a religious form of godliness, denying the power thereof. I'm talking about life-changing transformation, praise God, that will make a difference in how we treat one another, make a difference in how we, hallelujah, look at one another and live our lives. Amen. One of the things, so much of what I can see in this world and so much of maybe if I was just to, to reach out, and this might, might be a, a dangerous thing. I'm not going to do it today, so I'm going to stay safe. Amen. But I'd say, you know, you look at the culture, you look at the nation, and you look and see all the things that are happening. And, and we, we would make a list of some of the things that, that are we're kind of catching our attention, maybe a little more than that, just danger spots, red flags, and, and maybe glaring, flashing red lights that are saying, this is a problem. This is sin. This is wrong. This is, this is, uh, uh, this is tearing us down. Amen. Rather than building us closer to God. I'm sure we come up with quite a list. And, uh, one of the things though, that I, I really, I really want to focus in on this morning and is, uh, is a little word that I think carries so much meaning and so much, much importance that we see just dissolved in our culture today on every level. And I believe it's the work of the devil. I believe it's happened systematically. I believe it's happened strategically to destroy our homes, to destroy our churches, to destroy godliness in our community, in our nation. And it's one word that we read here in verse 10. And we read a lot of context, and we're going to get back to this context. But it talks about being kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor. The idea of honor, I see scripture that God said in the last days, because sin would abound, the love of many would wax cold. 
And I have seen, and I'm sure many of you, you know, back in, in the day, praise God, I heard somebody talk about it here just recently, how, how in the entertainment industry, how careful they were, praise God, there were rules that were in effect that was careful how they uh, would show any kind of, of, of maybe clergy, preacher, church, family. And even within the family, there was an old show. I don't know if anybody ever heard of, uh, of I Love Lucy, but uh, Lucille Ball played the main character in this old TV show. And the man that played her husband was her husband in real life. But yet when they put their relationship on television, they made sure if anything was in a bedroom scene that they were sleeping in separate beds. They weren't even actors playing the role so much. They were literally, but they said, you know what? We want to be careful. We want to even, we don't want anybody to assume any, any, anything other than, than, than it's clean entertainment. My how times have changed. Praise the Lord. But what you'll see now, you know, there used to be back in that day, you know, I, I don't know how many people know that that's, that was before they invented color. It was black and white television. Amen. And they used to have these shows even on the radio before television. Father Knows Best. Right. Yeah. Ooh, was that science fiction? No, that wasn't. That was about a family. <laughs> but you know, the, the entertainment industry and Hollywood and, and, and the music industry, as well as, as, as a lot of the, the educational systems and the comedians and, and the things that were, were, were brought across to slowly, slowly dissolve any respect. Amen. For the structure that God set up. Amen. Praise God. You very, very much has been just attacked and mocked and made a, just, just a mockery of any kind of, uh, of position that God said should be honored. And the Bible says if you sow the wind, if you plant the wind, you're going to reap the whirlwind. Oh, they tore down the place place of a preacher in the li- their life and you know started making movies and tv shows where the preacher stand up there on sunday and preach against sin well he was in and ended up you'll find out he was a drunk and he was cheating with the 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 choir leader and all that you know and and every time it was always somebody just and then you know uh, I, I grew up with it i know every every time i don't know how many uh, i've never I've, I've seen any different than that if you've got a, a sitcom about a family the dad's always a doofus Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I need, I need my kids to straighten it out and tell me what's right and what's, and, 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 and the comedians that, you know, tear down uh, law enforcement, tear down leadership in the community, tear down uh, leadership in the home. The Bible teaches a principle called honor. Honor means that you see the value in another and treat them. Like you understand that they have value. Amen. There's respect to them. Not because they're perfect in everything they do. Amen. Because man is fallible. Man is going to make something. But God has in the community and in the home and in the church, God has position. Amen. That has uh, places for order and leadership and, and and God assigns honor to that. And so much in our community, 
so much in our in our I, I, so much in just day to day living in our culture it is just uh, you know I can disagree with somebody and still be respectful and honoring. Amen. I, I can disagree with something and not not be foul about it. Amen. Can I tell you we the devil has has made a way that that we'll lose our influence with people that disagree with us if we lower ourselves in a place that we have to mock them and and be ridicule and 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 sometimes even I've seen even among people that are called preachers that that will get drawn into throwing mud and and, and tearing down in a way that that's that's uh, just not godly. The Bible talks about praying for those that are in authority. Amen. Pray for the people around you that and but you'll find if you begin that slippery slope of dishonor, it's going to slip down into every area of life and. And uh, we see in the scriptures here as we read that we are different as a church. We come together and, and, and God has, has tempered us together as a body, brought us together. And, and the Bible talks about being fitly joined and compacted together in the book of Ephesians, right? That we, are, we are to be one in God, but yet we are, are so different sometimes in, in the place that God has called us and, and, and our ministry and, and how God works and deals with us. And rather than point out those differences and, and, and try to somehow in, in, uh, in envy really and in insecurity uh, kind of tear down and God's told, called us to Join that together and, 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 and love one another and recognize that, that we need one another. If you read in uh, really a, a sister passage, if you will, of Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about it even more so about the body and the ear. Can't feel insecure and say, I, all I do is hear. I'm not an eye. The eye is so important. I'm nothing. No, no, no. You're important too. But the eye can't say, I have an eye and you're just an ear. You're not very important. No, no, no. Don't get too high-minded. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 25, says uh, that there should be no schism or split in the body. And sometimes that happens physically where people just tear apart fellowship and walk away. But there's other times... Where it's just kind of the cliquish kind of attitude in church that says, well, you know, uh, how, how they've done. You know, sometimes that's, well, that's all the time just wrong to, to, to bite and devour one another is what it says in the Word of God. The Bible says that there be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Amen. That, that the body is put together in a way that sometimes those things that the Bible says that, that may be don't seem so important. God knows a way to bring honor to that part of the body. And that uh, whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. And one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. The devil is certainly doing his best to divide and conquer. We see that in our community. We see uh, that uh, so much even in the church. We, we recognize that we've got to be careful that, that if we're going to influence, if we're going to 
work in such a way that people see us and say, you've got something that's got my attention. I'm not here just to destroy and tear down and hurt people. I want them to see something in me and say, hey, wait a minute. There's somebody that's got something that I want. I've seen a lot of people in my life with differing opinions. It doesn't, uh, doesn't threaten me. I've seen a lot of people that, that don't see eye to eye with the way I see things. That, that doesn't bother me at all. But you know what? When they are attacking and mocking and tearing down, I really don't have time to hear what they have to say, how, how right they might be. There are things that I have learned living for God. Hear me now. That I've never really given a lot of time to because the only people that I've heard say it have bad attitude about it and just just tried to just beat me over the head with it. And I it, it never even crossed my mind that maybe they had a point. I was just trying to try not to, to, to try to get out of there with with as few wounds as possible. They seemed like they were so proud and maybe even insecure that they had to had to deliver the thought that they had in a way that was harmful, rather. And then I've had people come up to me and kind of so to speak, put their arm around me and say, hey, have you ever thought of something like this after they were kind and a friend and said, I don't know, I never thought about that. Let me talk to you about that. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. Praise the Lord. I thank God that 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 uh, that you're a friend that can shine a light in my life. Amen. Praise the Lord. In In church, the devil would love nothing better to. To divide and conquer. Uh, I've been around folks that I feel like have had such an amazing gifts. Gifts that I didn't have. Strengths that I didn't have. But rather than allow their strengths and their gifts to be brought together with other people's strengths and gifts, they felt like their strengths and gifts were, were so valuable and everybody else was suspect. They, they, I, I, I think I see, uh, I think I really know that there, there, there's some underlying agenda in them and I feel like they're kind of, I see a little bit of a, maybe they're backsliding and rather than say, hey, can I help you? Can I strengthen you? Can I build you up? Can I edify you? Oh, you know what? Watch out for that one. I know, I know what's going on there. I heard years ago, a preacher, he used to preach here in this church, a pastor, would talk about the gift of suspicion, <laughs> not discernment. But a gift of suspicion. I was talking about that in my home just the other night about some some things that we were experiencing and and, and that suspicion that divides us rather than says, hey, let's pray for them. Let's be a friend to them. They're probably going through some things, you know. I, I, oh, no, I feel kind of a spirit on them. You know what? They might be going through some things they didn't tell you about. The devil is trying so hard to bring division. The devil's so trying so hard to to. Divide and conquer to tear us down when we need one another. We need our prayers. We need to strengthen one another. But I want to take it a step farther. Because everything that it says about uh, unity. We've had several messages about unity lately. And I feel this just working in me even more. Everything that we see about defending one another and edifying one another and not backbiting and devouring one another, not tearing each other down, and, but building up and strengthening and edifying one another. Amen. Endeavoring to do that, working at it. Yeah. Got to try to, you got to think about it. You can't just kind of, 
you know, carelessly just meander through life. You know, you got to make up your mind. God wants me to be a, a, a help and a, and a strength to somebody's faith. Amen. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to do what I can. Amen. And use my gift to excel unto the edification of the church. You got to pray about that. You got to come to church and ask God to help you do that. Hallelujah. We're going to cover a lot of this in our Wednesday night Bible study. We're just kind of starting some things out. But before we can point the finger at the world, before we can say this world needs to stop being so polarized and, and so nasty and, and, and the honor that I, that I see lacking just every time I, I, I go out there and how many maybe say, you know what, I try to go out there as little as possible because people just seem like they're, they're out to get you. They're already angry looking for somebody to, to, to pour out their wrath and their rage. Amen. Whether they're passing me on the highway or, or, or they're just uh, putting their shopping cart in the corral or something, you know. Say, man, what happened to him this week? I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> but you, you, you feel it. You see it all around you. You just walk in. You know, we talked about late, lately with uh, it just seemed to escalate through the pandemic and all this, you know, just people just hating one another, you know, over what they're trying to do and how they're trying to do it. And, and, and I, you know, I've got pretty strong opinions about all that for sure but but i just feel like so many people are playing in the hands of 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 bringing discord bringing just uh disunity and tearing us down somebody told me a little while ago about what happened you know at 9-11 and how it seemed to bring people together and didn't last very long well the answer is really going to have to be when we turn our eyes back to jesus but i i really believe the church as in anything, the Bible says judgment. We're not talking about the wrath of God, but just proper judgment, being able to judge righteously. It has to begin in the house of the Lord. Yes. We must first say, God, if I want to to be an ambassador, God, and bring people in and be a shining light, God, help me not to have a divisive polarization in the church. Help me to be an agent of, like Barnabas, praise God. He was a, that, that name Barnabas means a son of comfort or consolation. He was able to take somebody like Saul of Tarsus. Oh, that evil man that was there when their friend Stephen was stoned and he was bringing people to throwing people in jail and having them beat and executed. And then one day he shows up on the church steps. You here to haul my family away too, man? We've been praying, God, get you. Right. And he starts to tell him. He starts to say, I saw Jesus. Yeah. Right. I was on my way to Damascus, and I was getting ready to, well, to do what I do, and I'm not proud of that anymore, but Jesus knocked me off my, my high horse, so to speak. Spoke to me, said, I am Jesus. I said, who are you, Lord? And, and I, he said, I'm Jesus, who you persecute. Barnabas told the church, the church said, oh, get out of here. We know what you're doing. Get out of here. We don't trust you. Don't you remember Stephen? He was my friend. Some of these people in some of these other churches, they're my friends. And you called them off to, to, to prison. And you've separated our families. You've caused nothing but havoc in the churches. And he said, but, I, but I'm your brother now. 
I've seen the different. I've seen the light. And, and they didn't trust him. And Barnabas steps up and says, I believe him. I believe, guys, come on. God gave us a chance. Let's give him a chance. And Barnabas was a peacemaker. Barnabas was a, a man who, who was a, uh, had the ministry of reconciliation. Let's bring people together. Let's try to get, let's try to, to, to give them a benefit of the doubt so we can help them and minister to them. And don't you know that was the beginning of a man who became an apostle, a missionary, a, 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 a really a foundation stone in the word of God in the church because there was a man that said, hey, guys, come on, stop a minute. Let's I, I feel like he's being so sincere. Let's give him a chance. Before we can point to the community, we've got to point to the the church has to be able to say, look at me, God. But I want to go a step farther and say before we can say church, we need unity. Church, we need order. Church, we need to 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 work together. We need to be able to go home and say, God, help me have a Christian home. See, I can point a finger at uh, somebody who's maybe making uh, rap videos and mocking Jesus. I can point a finger at Congress, maybe that's passing laws that 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 are ungodly and, and and evil. I can point at the school systems and 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 I can say all those things and make right judgments. But God, if I can't go home and be a godly man, or you can be a godly woman in your home, Amen. So important that. As we have a world view, it begins. You know what they said? Jesus said before he ascended into heaven, he said, I want you to go wait for the power of the Holy Ghost that's going to come upon you. Tarry and wait in Jerusalem until this power comes upon you. And then you're going to be a witness first in Jerusalem. You know, he talked about the uttermost parts of the earth, but he said, first go home and be what you need to be. There's a man named well, we don't know his name, but the Bible says he was full of demons. The, the spirit spoke out of him and said, we are legion, for we are many. When he got delivered, he was clothed and in his right mind. And he said, Jesus, let me go with you. I want to I want to be a missionary. I want to be a, a traveling preacher. I want to give my testimony. He said, go home. Go home and live this in front of your family. Go home and live this and and take this home with you. The strength of any Christian is how I live my life day by day. Listen to me now. Listen to me before I give you scripture. I know it is we are living in an overwhelming day. We are living. You've got a lot on your plate and you have got things in your life that are overwhelming you and you've got challenges. See, what I'm going to tell you today and what I've begun to tell you is not something that just works when everything goes your way. I don't know how many times I've had folks say, well, you don't know what I'm going through. I'm just telling you what God said. I'm just telling you the word of God and what he has told us in his word on how to live our lives for him. He didn't say it'd be easy. He didn't say everybody, praise God, would just follow along and do everything right. And and you're. But he did say, praise God, that we need to bring honor into our home, back into our homes. There's a lot that can be said about a Christian home. But if it's not built on this understanding of the value of each person in that family 
and how we show honor. Well, praise the Lord. This, this, this kingdom that we are part of, God's will, let me say, is not about everybody just bowing the knee to people that God has placed in leadership. No, no, no. It's, he said, you go ahead and love and serve. Amen. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God. And until we look around and see the value that God has placed in our homes, we will never fulfill our rightful position as husband, as wife, as parent, as child. Until we really see that, hey, wait a minute, this is, this is somebody that, that Jesus loves. This is an eternal soul. This is maybe a Christian that is worth the blood of Jesus. Amen. That when we pray and then when we even go through hard times and trials, we don't lose the fact. We don't start treating one another like trash because we're not trash. Children of God, a soul that is valuable to God. And there needs to be honor. The Bible talks about honor in the community. Amen. Give honor whose honor is due, to whom honor is due. Talking about our community. Praise the Lord. Well, they don't, they don't do right. You can disagree with something and still be respectful. Amen. Brother, Brother Mike, we've had the conversations many, many times and couldn't be more on the same page. There, there needs to be respect for law enforcement and government officials. That doesn't mean they're without accountability. That doesn't mean they never make a mistake. That doesn't mean there's not problems. There's a lot of problems. We could talk about that. But, but we're not going to try to just pitch a grenade into the whole thing and act like all of a sudden we just disband and defund and come on now that's foolishness take care of the people that are doing wrong and but don't don't dishonor don't don't dishonor the system that god's put and same same in the church god talks about uh honor even double honor it talks about that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean hey we're just gonna uh set somebody up on a pedestal so to speak but praise god that the respect in the in the relationship that we have is 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 vital for order god's put honor in the home somebody say amen, amen. well let's look at ephesians 6 Whenever you look at anything in, in the Old Testament, you have to look at it through the lens of the New Testament. It was without a sacrifice, uh, a lamb or a goat or, a, or a, maybe a calf, if you will, that the blood was shed on an altar. There was no forgiveness of sins. We... Look at that today through the understanding that Jesus became the sacrifice. We don't go back and try to uh, fulfill that. It's been fulfilled in Jesus. So whenever you look at the commandments, whenever you look at the, the precepts, the ordinances of the Old Testament, we look at the New Testament and see, hey, how does how is this play out through the scriptures? Amen. Ephesians 6, 1 says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother. Probably one of the first times I've ever heard the word honor was, was in this commandment to honor your father and your mother. You carry that through into the New Testament, you're going to find out that God places his stamp of approval on a Christian home, and there needs to be leadership in that home. 
the Bible in one place, so we could spend so much time. I've done series on these things, but I want to keep moving, and probably Wednesday nights we're, we're going to get a little bit deeper into some of this. But in the Old Testament, there's a place where God is talking to the, his children, and he's talking to the nation, and he's saying, guys, um, you got everything messed up. Sin has taken you in a wrong direction and everything is upside down and children are your rulers, he says, because there needs to be leadership in the home. And we're living in a day, like I said, there's over you're over. We're overwhelmed because of all the things that are working against us. But all we can do is keep teaching the word of God It says honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. God puts a value on mom and dad. Mom and dad, you're not perfect in everything you do. You, you, you're doing the best you can with what you've got to work with. And you've got battles and you're busy and you've got all kind of trials and tests in your own life. And you've been given the responsibility to train up a child in the way he should go. Amen. But the Bible teaches for children to honor their parents. I I know everything is working against that in this day. And I'll say it like this, like I said it about something else here recently. It's just the work of the devil to try to undermine the very foundation blocks of our of our society and, and rob the the order of a and the power of a godly home. That when we pray and that when we bind together in the will of God and, 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 and let God lead us and guide us, that God can work in our homes. And everything that comes across. The, I know even people are, well, you know, I just try to stay with what's G-rated and maybe some PG occasionally. But so much of it is underlying with philosophies that are just tearing down that honor. That children are not raised to to see the value in a mother and a father that that want nothing more than the best for their children and it breaks their hearts to see them just sell themselves off for what this 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 world is is flashing before their eyes there's so much danger in the world today more so it seems as we get closer and closer there's always been crime there's always been sin but now it's just with technology and the phones and the internet so much that's so easy to to be sneaky and to hide and so much danger so much danger that you ought to thank God every day God you've given me a mom and a dad that pray for me that care about me that don't always give me what I want but they're they're looking out for me and wanting me to be able to 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 be blessed and not to not to be lost amen so important that that honor is in the home for children to be able to honor parents they need to learn honor through husbands and wives honoring one another and returning the favor seeing the value of your children i i know uh, let me just say this and get ready to back it up with scripture But the idea of leadership in the home, to whom much is given, much is required. And I've had people even yell at me saying, you 
Just get out there and tell my wife she needs to submit to me. Ho, ho, ho. Let's get the context, buddy. Let's look at the weight that that puts on your shoulders. Say, do you believe that? Of course I do. But in a context of a godly Christian home, hallelujah. Look what it says here about children obeying their parents. You say, man, tell them, get them, (laughs) preach to them, preacher. And fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Whoa, there's responsibility. Responsibility that the leadership of the home keeps order by keeping not 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 pushing what is right in a way that is provocative, that provokes anger and resentment. You can take something. You know, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, God really got me with this one day. He said, the words of the wise are as goads. I didn't know what a goad was. So I looked up that term, a goad. And it's it's the same thing that that. Jesus said to Paul, isn't it hard to kick against the pricks? See, a goad was something that you use. It was a sharp instrument that was used to keep oxen in line and animals that were hauling uh, carriages or, or pulling uh, plow equipment. They, if they kicked, it would prick them and it would hurt them. So it would, keep, it would teach them not to kick against the pricks. And the words of why those goads could be instructive and it could just kind of you know like acts two they were pricked in their heart and they said man and brother what should we do but there's also a place in the book in in the old testament where where a soldier takes a goat and slaughters many as a weapon the words of a wise can kind of help somebody poke somebody in the right direction it's sharp but it's not going to damage them it's not going to destroy them it's not going to you know there's sometimes that I've had people say things to me in the past that were demeaning, degrading, and meant to hurt. And I have forgiven and we've gone on. But, you know, it's hard to just unhear something. Those words carry power. No matter how much you forgive or, 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 or give it to God, it's hard to just not hear that. What she once heard. So be careful, little mouth, what you say. (laughs) Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. The words that you speak carry power. And that valuable soul that God has placed in your responsibility, you can fly off the handle and say something wicked and then say, I'm sorry, and know that, hey, I should be forgiven if it's going to be right. But that damage doesn't just heal up right away. Sometimes that damage leaves a scar. Well, let's move on. Here's some things. First uh, Peter, the third chapter. Respect, honor in the home. Praise God. Some little Bible study this morning. Not going 100 miles an hour, but how important it is. Moms and dads, if you've got children at home, praise God, guide them. Sometimes you don't get the honor, and it hurts. Yes, it does. Sometimes you, 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 they're being affected by their culture and by their, their carnal nature, really, that rebels against that, and it hurts. But you still... 
have that place to be the leadership in that home. Likewise, verse 1 Peter 3, verse 1. Reading the Bible. This is my opinion. This is what the Word of God says. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. doesn't matter what somebody else is saying. And I'm not the head of your home either. God's not even the head of the church. Jesus is. Amen. But uh, we need to have homes that, that, that we're all on, on the right team. Amen. Wives, God's given you a husband, and, and that's important. That's valuable. He's not always perfect, and he probably knows that, even though he doesn't act like it. There's a right way to respond. That doesn't mean that, that you don't have anything to say, but there's a right way to say it. There's a right way to interact with one another. The Bible talks about Eve being given to Adam as a help. A help that was meat, a help that was suitable for him. That God put it together in a way that you're going to be a help. And sometimes, well, let's just look at it. It says, if any obey not the word, they also may be without the word be won by the conversation of their wives. You can make a difference in your prayers and in your attitude and in your behavior without a scolding. Without a finger pointed, without any kind of uh, just a, oh, wait a minute. Well, you hold on now. I've got something good for you. You think I'm getting all over this and this is going to get good. Just hold on. But you can make a difference through your prayers and your attitude sometimes without a word. With just a, look what it says. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. And it kind of gets into some specifics that are kind of more. More geared, not completely geared. I think men need to heed these as well. Not your adorning. Let it not be with outward adorning, plaiting the hair, wearing of gold, putting on of apparel. The Bible talks about modest apparel, talks about costly array. And it says these aren't the things we adorn ourselves with. But it says, let it be the hidden man of the heart, which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. Being able to exercise faith and say, God, help me to be humble when I want to just pinch his head off. <laughs> when I see the, help me, Jesus, when I see stupidity and it should be, listen, it's the right way to do things. I've never, I've never worked a job where I was able to, you know, everybody sees better than the boss. You always know. And sometimes that's true. Sometimes you're kind of boots on the ground and they're up there in the office and they don't see that this is not working right. This is stupidity. And you stomp in there and say, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. This is ridiculous. And, and, and why do you, you know, where in the world have you been? Why don't you get down here and see how dumb this is? And why don't you just get smart and listen to what I have to say? Yeah, you probably won't have a job the next day. <laughs> but if you can go in the office and say, hey, you got some time? Man, I, I appreciate I appreciate you giving me a job. Appreciate the, the 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 paycheck I get and the place that you've given me, the chance you gave me and hired me. I I think uh, I think I, maybe I can help you because I've seen some things and I think it's gonna hurt. You, it's gonna make your numbers better if 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 you got some time for a suggestion. You probably get all the time in the world. Right. Amen. Yeah. But uh, there's a right way and a wrong way to influence. 
I don't think it's a problem for children to help their parents and say, hey, can I talk to you about some things? But you say, hey, dummies <laughs> that don't have a bit of common sense, let me tell you something. Uh, you probably aren't going to get very far. Right. Wives are, are a help, and, and you get a godly wife, you got a good thing. Amen. Right. Sometimes there just needs to be that, that faith that says, I'm going to be humble and... And God, you go get him. <laughs> you say, does he do that? Oh, hold on. I'm getting there. After the manner of old time, holy women also trusted God. Did you hear that? It's faith. Adorn themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. She, she respected his position as, as her leadership. The Bible calls it her headship or her head dwelling. Now, Calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as you do well are not afraid in any amazement. What does that mean? It was asked me recently. What does that mean? Not afraid in any amazement. Hey, ask ask a wife what that means. You're telling me to submit and trust and and keep my mouth shut and try to have a good attitude, and and that's the leader. Yeah, just trust God. God's put it all together. Don't 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 get crazy. Don't be afraid. Just trust God. It's going to be all right. He's going to help and he's going to work. Because look what it says here. Because God's got your back. She said amen awfully loud. I was almost a little too loud. I'm I'm going to let that go. Likewise, God help me. Maybe I should just pray right now. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor. What? Where's all that good submission talk, brother? You let me down. Giving honor to the wife. Show value. Show that she's valuable to you. Give honor to her as under the weaker vessel. Just because you can beat her in arm wrestling, you've been given responsibility to take your strength and use it not as something that will damage, but that will guide and bless as under the weaker vessel. You can, as a man, you can demoralize your children and you can hurt your wife And all along, pound your chest and say, God's made me the authority. God's made me the leader. That is not what godly leadership looks like. Being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. God tells the leadership of the home You guide that home with the right kind of attitude, recognizing that I put all that authority under you and they're weak and they don't have the faith and the strength. You know, I've heard people say as a pastor, how do you do it? How do you? Hey, that's God. That's God's anointing. God's put an anointing in the home that I I want to strengthen and get behind and tell you that God wants to, to, to anoint that and work through that. But you've got to recognize that when you step out and get reckless or hurtful, he'll hinder your prayers until you go back and get it right. Amen. He says, you, your lifeline is prayer. But, buddy, if you step out and start being reckless with your actions, with your words and hurtful, he said, I'm going to shut that down until you start learning better. God, help us. Ephesians 5, verse 22. Whew. Some of you are saying, I, thought, I used to think you were a good preacher. <laughs> now you're just getting... Now you're meddling. 
getting in my business. Wives, verse 22, Ephesians 5, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, let, so let the wives be unto their, to their own husbands in everything. It's so important that there is a, an atmosphere in, in the home. That is not disrespectful. There is never there. There's so much value and help. We've got such strong sisters in the church and gifted sisters in the church. And God, we we preach about the 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 Proverbs 31 woman and how that word uh, of of a virtuous woman is is a strength. It's a valor. It's a courage, if you will, of righteousness and and, and an example that is to 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 guide the home. The Bible says, "Praise the Lord." And the idea of being subject is is not a place of not being beat down or never having a word or help, but, but the value of that being added in, in the right kind of atmosphere, that's not scolding, that's, uh, that's not treating a man like a child, like a mothering him, but, but loving as a, as a sister in Christ. That golden rule of being able to talk to somebody like you'd like to be talked to, and handling situations that are difficult the way you would like them to be handled too. Amen. But it goes on. It says, husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. There's that responsibility. There's what I'm saying that when you say, oh, you know, is this chauvinistic somehow that there's, there's leadership? You know, it's kind of, to me, if somebody asks me, you know, what's better a lot of times, say, who's better? It's to me like a, like somebody asking me, what's a, what's better, a spoon or a fork? It, it, what's better? It depends if I'm having super steak. And then a knife's pretty important too sometimes. We're different, both valuable, but there still is that order that, that needs to be respected. Conversations and working things out, working through some things is, is praying, praying and praying is, is vital. But praise God, at the end of the day, God's got that leadership role for the children and, and for the marriage as well. But it also tells us to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. You know, it's just almost the way I've heard it spoken, quoted, preached. You almost just hear it in your mind. It's a lot of love. It's a lot of love. To love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave that's a sacrificial love. I really believe some some of that's, you know, working a job that you can't stand so the bills are met. But loving and making a home, making a place that is safe and secure, making an atmosphere that that weaker vessel that God has blessed you with feels safe and secure, that you're defending her. That you know how to make her feel valuable, secure. Amen. That's not just with a with a good home, but that's with a spiritual example that they can see that you are solid in God. That's financially. That's with your home. That everything is that they they don't have to worry about things falling. No, I'm. We're gonna be all right. 
We're going to be all right. We're in this together. Verse 28. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. That means, you know, when when you've got all the latest hunting or fishing or whatever your your uh, your hobby might be, all the stuff that you can get for you that she's not sitting back there saying, can you throw me a you know, throw me a bone occasionally, you know, kind of like, oh, what was it, Oliver Twist? More gruel, sir? You know, can you just feed me a little bit, a little beggar that she is? No, no, she ought to be taken good care of, as good as you are. Well, praise God. Whew, I'm just in so deep, I might as well keep going. Uh, I'm not scared. I got the word of God. This is God's word. Amen. Ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. If she's not happy, nobody happy. Amen. Woo. Now I got someone. That's, that's just wisdom. Amen. Don't be dumb. For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth. You know how to take care of yourself. Learn. Learn. Hey, I learned a lot of things the hard way. I learned a lot of things the hard way. I've made a lot of mistakes and you know, I talk to younger folks now about marriage and, 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 and I know what I had to learn the hard way and some things that I preach to you today. I look back and I cringe and I think, God, I, I, I should have been a better example of the value of the wife that God gave me. I wanted people to see that this is so important. You say, well, you're, you're, you're the, you're the leader. You're the head. You know what that means in Jesus? Humble yourself, crucify yourself. Amen. Wash their feet. Amen. Well, that's what Jesus, he was high. The high and lofty one came down and paid the price on a cross for the bride. Amen. Hallelujah. We are members of his body, of his flesh and his bones. For this cause, man ought to leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife. These two shall be one flesh. You are on that team. My, just sharing with somebody the other day, just... How a lot of things maybe we did wrong over the years, but but we said, you know, this is going to be our home and, you know, we're going to pray together. Thank God for the godly counsel. But everybody's going to try to try to run your home for you. You know what? You just got to you got to get behind your wife and your wife. You got to get behind your husband and you got to stand and defend one another. And praise God. And this last day when so much is against us, we need we need unity in the home. If we're going to have it in the church, if we're going to have it in the community, we're going to need it at home. And this is where the devil's fighting. Don't you ever get your mind off. Don't, don't you think for one minute he's all tied up in D.C. or all tied up in Hollywood, all tied up on the Internet, doesn't know where you live. He's fighting in the home. He's fighting our children. He's fighting God's order. And he knows if he can bog us down and overwhelm us, we can't reach the potential he has for us in the kingdom of God. Amen. This kingdom's going to start in Jerusalem. It's going to start right at home. Amen. And that's where the enemy's fighting the hardest. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Verse 33. Nevertheless, let every one of you particularly so love his wife, even as himself and see the light, see the wife, the wife, see that she reverence her husband. I'm not ashamed of one thing. The Bible says about Christian home about how to raise children the right way, about how to have a godly marriage, about how to uh, to be a good stewardship of what God has blessed you with and how to set your home in order. Amen. But I do know this, 
And I'm not preaching this in a way that's condemning or pointing a finger at anybody trying to hurt you. We are overwhelmed with what the devil has been fighting us with. We are getting hit on every side and we are feeling the press of the enemy because we are living in these days. And that's uh, the devil's got our mind on all the things that this community and this culture needs to change. And I'm not against being knowledgeable of that. But God, help me not for, not forget that you've put me in charge. You've given me a place to fight. And this needs to be my primary directive that I'm fighting and winning this battle in the home. Amen. God's given us. God's got our back. God's going to give us what we need to fight this battle, fight for our families, our futures, our legacy, our children, our grandchildren. But we're going to have to take this more seriously than anything else. That's going to bless our, our church. When we come to church to, empowered because we got it at home, praying at home, praying with one another, praying through some situations, standing in the word of God, coming to the church, binding that together with others, and then going out in this world and seeing a difference being made. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. One of the things I have loved more than anything about God and his word is the practical nature of just day by day living for him, that God puts things in order. But I'll tell you what, it's a challenge. In a day like today, when we're fighting battles, left and right, just overwhelmed with problems, I need to go home. You need to go home and be a Christian. It's amazing when you start reading Different places about what Christian character really is. Thought about the book of Colossians. Talking about putting on mercy and kindness and humbleness of mind. Meekness and patience. Forbearing and forgiving one another. And we say God put it in the church. And then we go home and we're so impatient and unkind. But those scriptures in Colossians, if we had time, we'd turn to it. It goes right into saying, hey, we need this in our homes. We need this kind of attitude in our families. Help us, God. Help us, God. I don't want to hold the door for somebody at the grocery store. Smile and ask somebody in church how they're doing. I hope you had a great day and then go home and not really care how I treat my wife or how you treat my husband, my children. We just kind of blow that off. We get real comfortable, but rather than that's not comfort, that's dishonor. We need honor in this community, in this culture. We need respect restored. Respect restored to every aspect of life. And it's got to start in our Christian homes. How we love one another. When we're hurting, when we're low, how we build up one another. When we fall, how we help pick one another up. How we encourage one another and how we pray for one another. Let's find a place to pray. Let's talk to God. You want us to find a place to your spouse is here. You want to pray with them? That's perfectly fine. If you feel like you just need to come on up here and pray, just, just you do what you feel. Be like
going to help your husband. He's going to help your wife. We've come a long way in some things. But just kindness. Treating one another like you want to be treated. It really goes a long way in the church and at home. Just that golden rule. Showing the respect you want. Showing the honor that you want. And when things are tough, when you're tired, when you're hurting, when you're going through the battle, you be careful. You just pray. You pray that you can do. Show respect. Show honor. revival. Lord, that together the church would see revival and Lord, through the church, God and our families, God, in your will, Lord, that it would shine a light to those around us. We love you, God. We love you, God. Let's all stand. God, I'm asking you, Lord, in Jesus' name, to now strengthen and help us to live it. Help us to seek it and do it. God, go with us. Keep us safe as we travel. Keep us protected from from harm in this world, from sickness, God, keep us in health. And, and Lord, we're just giving you all the praise. Bless your people. Bless your people, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.